This is Super Yacht Radio. Welcome to Super Yacht Radio. And welcome to what is not quite New Year, but is certainly coming up to Chinese New Year special. As we are joined by some of the leaders in our industry, I have so enjoyed the past month catching up with a number of the A-Crew winners. And I am delighted today to introduce an old friend of ours, Lauren Ryburn, who is known to many of you, particularly on Instagram, as The Green Stew. And she won the Environmental Award with a Crew Crew Awards this year, 2020. Can I say, Lauren, mm-hmm. I'm so delighted to have you back because you were kind of one of the bright sparks of, uh, of our year last year. It was lovely to catch up with you. And in our lockdown uh, endeavor of bringing in some joy of Yachting's Got Talent, mm-hmm. I, not that we were awarding points, but yours was definitely the one that made me feel happiest and smile. So yeah. lovely to have so, you back. Thank here. you for willing to be back with Aww. us. Can we ask oh, what no, prompted that? <laughs> no, coming back to us. <laughs> oh, coming back. Oh, because it's a great chat. Definitely, the great chat. It's always fun. It's always a oh, laugh. <laughs> thank, thankfully, I weeded that out of you. <laughs> no, definitely. Loads of things I'd love to catch up with you again today. You are now back in New Zealand. Just to kind of catch up where you are right now. You're not actually on board, but you've kind of gone back to grassroots of, of where you kind of had been training and starting from. Can you fill us in where you are right now? Yes, of course. So, yeah, I moved back in the end of March, um, which, yeah, because obviously COVID, came back and was here for lockdown and spent a lot of time, yeah, getting back to grassroots, um, back to gardening and all that sort of thing. And, yeah, I just decided after a while that I wasn't, I wasn't really ready to go back into the world of yachting and I was quite happy to stay here in New Zealand. Um, obviously a really good place to be at the moment. So I have gone back into what I originally am qualified to do, which is uh, holistic wellness therapy or uh, spa therapy and massage, energy healing um, and that sort of thing. So I actually was lucky enough between the two lockdowns over here to find myself a job at a really lovely place here in the city in Auckland. And yeah, I've just been working there almost full time for the last few months or almost six months now. Yeah, so I've been really enjoying getting back into that. And I think a lot of people need a bit of a bit of healing and a bit of nurturing at the moment. So yeah, that's been really great to, to be able to do. And it's, it's nice to be able to step into uh, that. Have you, have you found... An increase in demand, uh, and I know you've just got back into it, probably hard to gauge, but with, with COVID and the lockdown, what, I know you're out of it now, but have you found that you know, people are looking for... More positive m- more, experiences or... Or is it just help? Kind of yeah, de- no, definitely, definitely. There's been a lot, I've really noticed a lot of people coming in that have now their their workplace or even if they work for themselves, they've been implementing... Uh, mental wellness days. They've been taking more time off if they don't, you know, if they're not feeling quite well and a lot around the mental mental health side of things, taking a day to themselves, realizing what's important. Um, and also a lot of people working from home and having a bit more flexible hours. So I think COVID's really opened up a realm of possibilities for that and a bit more flexibility and, and putting in boundaries, I think, 
around that, work. So there found, has been a lot more people coming in. Yeah, to have, have you treatment. found people are more open about? It? I mean, when I was a kid, mental health was something that <clears throat> you never spoke of. You mm-hmm. know? It was one of those things that families would say you're visiting an uncle. They would never say you're off getting therapy. You find, I mean, yes. it seems to me that people are so much more open these days to actually say, you know what, I, I need some mental health here and or, my mental health isn't as good as it should be. I need to talk even, to somebody. Can I, can I add to that of just sort of people like holistic health? Dave was kind of asking before we started mm-hmm. what that was, but that people have really within the past kind of decade opened up to the fact that health isn't just about exercising and eating well, but there's a whole encompassing balance in it. So have you kind of seen Um, graduation or evolution of that? Definitely, definitely. I think the stigma has been taken down and we've been able to kind of open it up a bit more and it's not just, you know, you usually would back in the day even back in my day, um, picturing people, you know, in a, in a straight jacket in an asylum, but it's, it's actually this, it's very complex. And, and even speaking about things such as anxiety, which we all mm. struggle from, that was all, almost a taboo topic as well, mm. or, or embarrassment about feeling a little bit down in some days, which I think we all do. So I think just, yeah, humanizing it and, and realizing that everybody is actually suffering in some degree from it, especially in these times. And, yeah, talking about it more, and I think even like we've seen in yachting as well, there's a lot more people popping up, um, support and crew uh, around the mental health and the wellness side of things as well, which is so great to see. And, yeah, I think it's really progressed. I was just thinking of the the term holistic when you're talking, Mm -hmm. I know it's a a much more body thing, but when I was growing up, mental health, meant dealing with your brain and what's inside your head but i've mm-hmm. learned recently how the the gut actually is plays a big part in one's mental health in fact that it's it's an extension of the brain as it were and uh, definitely so taking a holistic uh, approach towards mental health seems to be a much more complete way of of tackling a problem rather than just <laughs> navel gazing and, and seeing what's going on in the brain Exactly. It's very complex and, and if, if there might be one issue coming up and presenting itself as, as one thing, but actually it's, it's usually something else that's, mm. that's causing it. Um, and it can be, yeah, it can be very complex. So in holistic wellness, we look at every aspect, whether it be mental, mental health, the body, you know, what you're, what you're putting inside yourself, the gut, like you said, um, your environment, the stress you're under, and, and also the energy as well. Um, the energy healing side of things too is really important. And I think that's becoming a lot more common, a lot more spoken about and understood as well. And it's not just the, the crazy hippie, hippie lady doing the, the woo-woo yes, stuff. Yes, with her hemp dress very, and her floppy hat. <laughs> They're always the best ones to go to still. But <laughs> I, I was having this discussion yesterday with one of my teenagers because when they were small, I did quite a bit of reading about, you know, baby massage and the importance of touch and and, and the skin as an organ. And, and I was saying, you know, it, one of the big challenges in some ways with lockdown is not just social distancing, because in some ways we still get to talk on the phone or see people on Zoom. But I mm-hmm. recently had my sister visit, you know, she came over and she did the quarantine and 
and I had a week with her and she gave me a big hug and I went, God, hug from someone outside of, you know, my inner circle who I'm living with. Yes. Yeah, this was post-quarantine. She had quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have For people writing it. It, it is, as you yes. say, complex. I, I've read so much recently about the gut and, you know, I'm, I'm dosing my children because we're now living in Ireland up with vitamin D and making sure they have enough bifidus. Mm-hmm. Because the vegetarians, you know, I've got extra kind of supplements to make sure we're covering all bases because we're not getting what we are. Good. But there's also that sense of, of, you know, as as I'm chatting with with my teenager, I'm like, but there's so many things that you were talking of anxiety, of Mm -hmm. simple gaps we're getting that we don't think about, but the need to be hugged and held. You know, a lot of people, and, and I say this for the majority of us in Europe, we're in lockdown in some shape or form. So we're not getting, even when we do get to see someone, you know, we're socially spacing. We're not getting that feel and touch and that no that energy exchange. Yeah. Yeah, it's so important. And, and you know, like going back to it being something that's more commonly understood, I mean, right down to the basis of you can feel when you hug somebody the energy exchange and like you would have felt with it being somebody different from the who you'd been energy you'd been around it's as simple as that um and it's as simple as yeah if somebody's hurt or you're hurt you you hug them or you put you put your hand on instinctively over where you've hurt yourself it, there is a lot of that intuitive healing that goes on every day and, and energy exchange which we sometimes don't notice but you're right definitely in, in times like this you 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 notice it more than ever i would say Imagine after COVID is is over and done with, we're going to need uh, hug classes where you can go along and re-educate yourself on on the art of hugging, how to do it properly. No, definitely, socially acceptable well hugging. Hug. I think I actually went to a. Oh, sorry, you go. No, no, I, I think we will know how to hug. I think it will just be getting over our reticence because we've been yes. ourselves not to hug people. That, Everyone will probably be a bit. Mm. You're right. Everyone's a bit hesitant at first. I actually went to a festival at the beginning of the year, just just after New Year's, which was a wellness festival. And yeah, we were there was a lot of hugging and hand holding, and I I did actually think in that moment, wow, we we are really we're actually very very fortunate to, to be able to do this. I can imagine yeah, it would be like, like an AA meeting where you, you kind of stand up in a room and go, hi, my name's Lauren and I'm a hugger. Um, Pretty much. It's been three months since my last hug. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Going around just hugging people on the street. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So I shouldn't be <laughs> laughing at that, but it's probably going to be our reality. It'll be like people yeah, are this, well done. Oh, the dimensions of things that have changed is is crazy, and I suppose yeah, we're starting to notice them here. Things that have changed now that we're we're in a little bit more of a normal routine here, and and things that have changed and are just the norm now um, that have that have kind of transpired from COVID is post COVID. Or, or obviously we're still in the midst of it, but it's, it's yeah, it's very interesting what it's well, brought up. Lauren, because you're actually, you know, my, my kind of view from New Zealand, one of the, the common things when we're chatting with people and we talk about lockdown or whatever, and like, oh, it'd be so nice to live in New Zealand right now. But, you know, the reality of, of living in New Zealand, it 
really does seem like you are kind of the leaders at the moment in the world of of managing to um, decode with themselves. Yeah, I mean to bring life yeah. to relatively normal and and safety. It's I suppose to be able to show it can be done. We have definitely the the we're very fortunate to be very remote and obviously be able to close the borders very easily mm-hmm. um, but yeah it, it, it has been great and I, I hate to admit it but you do sometimes almost forget that you know what what it, what what it has been like or what it is going on in the rest of the world you know have days where you're getting around and maybe you've not watched the news um, or followed it and you can you completely forget about it and and then you kind of think oh my gosh <clears throat> This is happening, and then yeah, I suppose at the moment as well. So we we are we are back to normal. We we're of course still being being very vigilant. People are steering clear a bit more, and you're a little bit more conscious about. I mean, I always have been, but touching that bathroom handle or that handrail. We're doing our our COVID scanning wherever we go, which I think we got a little bit slack with up until recently, where we've had a little bit more bit of a scare. I think with this new strain coming in, uh, it's a little bit more able to permeate the isolation walls but yeah we, we, we most of the, I mean we've had festivals go on we've, we've had a normal Christmas we've been very very fortunate and so a lot of the time we do I it's, do it is kind of contemplate it, how lucky we are I have to admit it's kind of weird because about a week ago I was watching some I think it was a rugby league game and it was from New Zealand. And it threw me because I was thinking to myself, oh, it's an old one. I wonder when this was. And it was only a few oh, days yes. beforehand, but I was because there were people at it in the stadium. In the yes, sitting beside yes. each other. And it just looked really old. It was like, oh, it's got to be back at least a year old. No, last week. Yeah, it's See, that's funny because for us, for us, we we do. We just think it's normal now, to be honest. Like, yeah, yeah the fact there's sports. Oh, yeah, should we go to that rugby game next week or... Yeah. Okay, now you're just gloating, Lauren. I know. I exactly. I'm trying to be very. I'm trying to be very wary of. I'm trying to be honest yeah. about how I feel, but also very. You know, I don't want to put any salt in any wounds here. I'm very, yeah. very sorry. Um, but there is hope. It goes to show that you know we there is a possibility of of locking it down and and kind of moving past it. But yes, it's nice to actually watch a sports game without that weird canned cheering and canned. Yes. And I was, it was so weird when I first experienced that. I was like, why is everybody? And then I, there's no one there. Who's cheering? Yeah, where, and then I realized the that they inserted it. <laughs> yeah, it was very odd. I don't know and if they play that for the actual players or not, but. <laughs> keeping with sports in the yachting world, of course, all the talk was whether the America's Cup was going on, which it has gone mm-hmm. on. Very successfully. It is very much the focus of this. Um, yes, I was going to say, we've been very fortunate with that happening. Um, we've been able to get amongst the action with all of that. And yeah, we've got the final of the Prada Cup coming up next weekend, I think it is. So. That's exciting. Yeah, we've been very lucky to go ahead with that. It was a bit touch and go. And of course, there's not quite the turnout that we expected. The, pr- the part of uh, Presumably, you just ate, you couldn't get the same volume of people coming coming down, the same volume of competitors? Yes, yes, definitely. The same volume of competitors and people coming as, as spectators as well. We've We've been fortunate. There's been a few super yachts that have been able to come in um, because I think they got through the loopholes, their quarantine was as they entered, and I'm sure there's a lot that went on with the um, visas around that. But 
yeah, there's been a bit of a buzz. There's been a few more. Yeah, the, the boat's coming in. It's been quite exciting, actually. It's been all over the news. And, you know, wow, look at the size of it. It's 40 metres. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, wow, look at this mega yacht. And you're like, yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for yeah. those that, like, are thinking of coming in, is it like Australia? I mean, my kind of sense of Australia is... If you're Australian, you can get back into Australia. If you're not Australian, you're going to have a few more hoops. You still need to do quarantine. Need to do quarantine in a hotel and um, have that supervised. Is it similar kind of protocol keeping up in in New Zealand or how is it working on that? Very much so. It is very strict still. It has progressed since the beginning. Um, when I arrived, when the first lockdown was on, I actually meant to f- tried to fly in with my partner who's Australian and he got turned away at the gate. Oh, he got turned away at the airport in Florida, actually. So he flew back to Australia. And although he's Australian, we usually have uh, an agreement where you don't need a visa, you can come and go as you please and live within one another's countries. All of a sudden, there was a grey area around Australians being able to be let in. Um, so he struggled, actually. It took him 10 months to come into the country. Ten and he months. finally managed to come. Yeah, 10 months. He tried many different ways. And Uh-oh. yeah, there was a lot of loopholes and a lot of stories around people even having like a, a friend who was also in yachting. Her husband was British and she's married to him. And he, he wasn't able to enter at the beginning. And she was pregnant, and it was yeah, it was a very so that made me really think, wow, this is this is really very strict with it, and it slowly has they've kind of refined it and started to let partners in. My my partner was able to get an under a de facto visa, um, but there's still a lot of stories about people struggling to get in. It's been very very tight restrictions, and on top of that, a lot of yeah, the quarantine as well has been almost like trying to get a ticket for Glastonbury. It's um, you try and click on click on one and it disappears. And um, I think, especially with this new strain, people have really thought, right? No, that's it. I'm I'm coming home now. Mm. And yeah, so it's been it's very tight, very tight to get in. Um, on the other yeah, hand, you, you know, you've got to be like the most welcome nationality in the world, <laughs> you know, if you want to actually leave New Zealand. <laughs> Okay. No, exactly. And we've there's been a huge influx. I don't know the, what the numbers are exactly, but people come returning home, and then also a lot of people, how, however they're doing it, um, coming to live here. And yeah, the, the, I'll tell you, the, the house prices prices have gone through the roof. Um, yeah, because people are just it's a place to be. You know, it's where we're top of the list of you know the, the top top destination to, to go to. So I think we'll find if we go back to normality, there'll be a lot of people wanting to move here so it'll be quite interesting actually we, m- we might ha- not have as many green pastures as we once did <laughs> well we will be yeah. putting your name on our application form and that's the reason we called you um, <laughs> <laughs> i can vouch for you they're, they're a good time you let them in there you know you'll, you'll fit right in with the kiwi banter so be careful I, I we are happy to vouch video. for you <laughs> so Lauren, to bring you back uh, to kind of bit more grassroots, you know, grew up in New Zealand. But how did you get from from where you were to the yachting life? Because you had many, many years on board and before you were even kind of known as the green stew, you kind of worked your way up. Um, but will you take us back a little bit to how that story started? 
Yeah, of course. So I was a holistic therapist here for five years um, after my training. And then I moved over to London. That was my first big OE. So I lived there for two years um, on a visa and I was doing my mobile. The Earl's Court, did you? No, that's expensive now. I was in Clapham. So that's the next cliche. Yeah, so we're still in a cliche there. <laughs> That's become expensive now too. I don't think there's many yeah, Kiwis left, left living is. there. But yeah, so I was in London. Um, I did mobile massage and, and spa therapy actually. So I drove around a little white mini with pink spots on it through this, around the city. Oh, I that know was the an one. experience. Yeah. <laughs> so that was interesting. Yeah, that was a great experience. And I think it really um, set me up for the conditions around yachting as well. And um, my visa my visa ended and I wasn't ready to, to leave the party. It was Europe and, and the travel. So, yeah, I had a friend, the, the age-old story, had a friend that had done yachting. And I, I was looking into cruise ships originally, thinking, oh, yeah, that would be good to do massage on there. And then, yeah, yachting came up. And I said, that looks much more appealing to me. <laughs> and I don't know how, yeah, the green stew would have been a whole nother, um kettle of fish if it would had been within the, the cruising the cruise industry that's the next chapter but um oh, yeah so then i'm a bigger to- chapter i think oh, as well gosh i know i feel a bit sick thinking about it <laughs> um yeah so no then I, I joined yachting and it was back in about 2013 2014 and yeah i was a Bit of a party girl when I when I joined, I was right into the as you as everyone is when they first join the novelty of almost it's like being at um, being in university, which I never got to experience. But you know, being amongst everyone and dorm rooms and bunk beds and you know never ending parties and that was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, it just slowly progressed from there really. And um, I think it was a yeah about three or four years in that I'd begun the green stew venture and I suppose it came at a time where because I've never really been one to want to climb the ladder to, to become a chief stew funnily enough I think because my role was as a spa therapist with masseuse stewardess I had my the bo- an, an extra bow in my uh, position which I quite enjoyed and yeah I suppose I've never really been one to want to strive to that to that um chief stew role so I got to a point where it was like I either progressed right up into becoming a, a full chief stew or what, what other avenues can I go down and, and, and at the same time the whole green stew thing came about and it gave me a little yeah a bit more drive again I think I think it was at a point where the partying was over and I was becoming a bit more grounded and I, I wanted to yeah to be able to express myself creatively and then connect a little bit more in a different way so the green stew came about and yeah, it took me down another path, which, yeah, I could never have imagined that it kind of got me to where I where I got to with the the awards and all with the award and everything, which is was yeah, it's crazy. But that was yeah, it gave me a little bit of something the to, to do as well. I mean, did it just kind of evolve as you were looking at things on board and you were trying to figure ways to do it better or differently? I mean, how did that kind of inspiration come? Yeah, it kind of came, I joined a boat that was looking, that we were fortunate that the owners were actually quite eco-minded and they really were very keen on taking that route and then making a lot of switches. And so, yeah, I was just in a position where I was. I had already begun to start noticing a lot 
during my last few boats that I worked on or even since I joined the industry I've noticed a lot of you know the unsustainable practices and then it came at a time where yeah they wanted to make these changes and I kind of put my hand up and said I'll, I'll help with that and um, so I started off just, just switching out really obvious things and, and kind of helping to make those changes and then it kind of snowballed from there really once I had my eco goggles on suddenly everything I looked at was like, oh, that could be changed. Oh, that could be improved. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was almost, um, the rest yeah. The rest of the must have absolutely loved you. <laughs> oh, they loved me. <laughs> <laughs> I was fortunate, very fortunate to have, you know, the, obviously the owners being on board is a huge thing because, with it all because, yeah. you know, you quickly can say, well, this is what the owner wants. And even even the captains have to say, okay. Um, but also the captain that, that I had and the chief stew um, were very very um very open-minded and very very keen on all that sort of thing so that made it very easy for me on my first kind of steps with everything and yeah the crew the crew was good and it was you know obviously a, a learning curve with, with how to implement things and how to go about it and to not shove it down people's throats and let people find their own journey and understanding around it all so did, yeah, did so. you have the crew uniforms made out of hemp <laughs> We did, we did. <laughs> I wish. I mean, it's heading that way these days. So we laugh about it, but it's actually a um, a reality. But yeah, things like that. Looking at, we were we were starting to look at reusable our uniforms underwear. and oh, yeah, yeah, edible underwear. No. No, reusable, not edible. Where are you going, you. Lawrence? Topped you. No, that's a different well, boat. No. Can I just <laughs> can I just say like. I have really noticed over the past sort of three or four years a big change in the industry. You know, where even four or five years ago, um, the majority of super yachts, I would still argue, would bring in bottled water, where mm -hmm. now there is such a bigger array of different filtration systems and, you know, water bottles. And, and there's some really obvious things. Um, but I think probably one of the bigger hurdles to get over is the argument. I'm going to use laundry as the very basic example because mm -hmm. I, I was very eco conscious once I had my first child. I did the recycling, I, I even did the cloth diapers, which I can't totally recommend. Oh, right. That was it's a highlight a of our one. relationship. Um, I can imagine. I, I did find the the well eco nappies, which I found was a better medium. Um, we did but, the worms eating nappies? Yes. yes we even, I even bought a box of worms to recycle my nappies in the garden. It didn't really. Work. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Not well done. Nappies out yeah, of the that bin, wasn't part of the plan. <laughs> But, you know, they're in this kind of slow evolution. But, you know, one of the, the tough things, and I'm, I'm going to use the example of laundry on this, mm -hmm. is I, I would use eco washes, which are at that time were work. very gentle, but were not great for taking rid of stains. They have changed hugely over the past 10 years and there's a lot more effective cleaners. And But, you know, that's like that's one of the really obvious things that has kind of evolved from the early states 
where really there was very little choice to now where there's a lot more choice. And we've learned a lot more about natural biological ways to clean things. And, you know, you can you can go from laundry to the whole cleaning of the boat. But Mm -hmm. did you kind of have was that one of the big hurdles of, yes, we want five star cleaning, but there is actually a way we can do five star cleaning ecologically and it doesn't take the bigger harder chemicals yes yes definitely and i think one of the first hurdles before even going down the product route was the mindset around it within the industry Mm. um there was a very you know what there's a lot of kind of systems in place that have gone on for years a lot of traditions and Mm. you know there's these trusted products that this chief stew's used and she's passed it down to the next chief stew and you know you had your top five yachting products that were always used and and I think there was a lot of fear around kind of stepping away from those products not knowing if they'd work not knowing if you'd be able to source them not knowing if they'd damage surfaces so I think it was just even the, the breaking away from trying something different and going actually maybe we should try something that's not the the yachting go-to um, and then secondly, yeah, of course, the, the the quality of the products. And I think even when I first began, it was hard to find. I remember sitting down and, and, and scouring the internet trying to find products that were covered covered every every range. You know, you'd, you'd find one that was just one laundry detergent, um, or, or one that had just a multi-purpose spray. Or but there was never any companies that encompassed everything at once. So it was quite time-consuming as well to be able to source that product and this product and that one, and then also the, finding the quality and testing them out and making sure that they were up to yachting standard. Um, so that has progressed massively since even when I first began with my eco journey. Um, a lot of yeah, a lot of companies are bringing out products that are are safe, safe to use, easy to use, quite multi-purpose as well. People are realizing, okay, we don't need to have six different products. Um, this concentrate can actually be made into a, a spray. It can also be used as a floor cleaner. It doesn't need to be, yeah, it doesn't need to have, doesn't, there doesn't need to be one spray bottle for every single surface on board. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that has changed a lot. And I think now, with it's it's progressed it's very very dynamic i was actually i've been writing about this a little bit for a, um, a book i'm writing a chapter in a book around sustainability and the progression and yeah there was a lot of factors i think cultural factors and also accessibility now that we've got the worldwide web and we're able to order these products online very easily and have them shipped worldwide easily and yeah it's all kind of all condensed so, into one yeah, and just made it a lot more streamlined. New Zealand was actually quite a um, a leader in that. You know, you you've really got a couple big names in it who have been leading the way, who've kind of broken into the marine side. But um, my impression is that New Zealand were kind of a step ahead of a lot of us in developing things and and getting them a bit more generic. Would I be right? Definitely, yes, definitely. I think a lot of play. We've grown like I've grown up using, <clears throat> excuse me, EcoStore, which is a, a, a company now, which you, you might have been um, mentioning, is have branched into the marine side of things, mm-hmm. and they've been around for twenty seven years here in in New Zealand. So there was always that option at the supermarket at a, at a great price as well. 
um, which I think in a lot of countries there was, you know, to find that you had to go down to the local bio eco store and, and buy a, maybe a surface cleaner that was four times, five times the price of something you'd buy at the supermarket. And I think that also was another hurdle was, was mm. that price point as well, especially when you're buying in large quantities to, to find something that, yeah, that works, that, that is a reasonable price and you can access it easily. Um, but yeah, I think to- we, we were, we've been fortunate that it has kind of progressed probably a lot earlier on here. I'm just thinking, sorry, I'm just thinking back 10, 15 years ago when eco was starting to become a thing. 25. I think I just did. Um, but, uh, you know, back, back then, uh, it was before your time, and you know, you'd see on, on TV and radio especially, when they were doing an eco s- segment, they actually used to get people with a New Zealand or Australian accent, because we could never tell the difference, to cover that article. And once you heard the accent, you knew automatically, oh, this is an eco thing. Uh, really? An environmental thing. Absolutely. And it'd be wow. Tipidian accent. See the way I covered both? Antipodean, the Antipodean. Yes, accent. well done. Thank you very much. Politically correct. <laughs> Bit of a mouthful, but <laughs> <laughs> worth it for you, Lauren. Um, became... Thank you. <laughs> 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 it became synonymous with green, ecologically sound stuff. Now it could be about the weather. It could be about you know some. Mm. You know, a positive thing, but it was very much an Australian or Antipodean accent. Uh, oh, this must be green stuff. So, um, oh wow, you, I didn't know that. That's, oh yeah, yeah. You, we, we've always looked yeah. to, to uh, our, our cousins down below um, as being uh, at the forefront of of eco stuff. And quite frankly, right. now as I watch a rugby match tomorrow, um, I have nothing but disdain because we have empty <laughs> stands. And I know that you still broadcast out internationally. You shouldn't. You should have a, a news curtain. Yeah, we shouldn't really rub it in anyone. <laughs> you don't want to watch the All Blacks kicking butt <laughs> during lockdown? As long as you're up in Ireland, I'm okay. I'm sorry, my watch is the Irish one and I just hate to see them lose. Uh, don't, don't worry, that's going oh, to edit out. We're going to edit out. I, I did actually, just when you're saying you're writing a, a chapter for something or or contributing to a book, I, it did actually mm-hmm. strike my mind that a great title for a book would be, you know, oh gosh, I had a great word for it there. We did um, it first. Eco, <laughs> na, 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 na. No, but Eco Star, <laughs> Seven Star World, you know, environmental stuff in a seven star world because, you know, it's mm-hmm. it would be, I think, a, a really useful thing to have is a book or a compendium of that you know, here's stuff you can use that actually we use in a seven-star service and you get the results with it because we were early adopters. And at a time when people were just stuffing a badge on some really low-quality things like soap, mm-hmm. soap washing, well, and you, you kind of there came was, out of it. There was the, you know, the organic drama. thing of it says it's organic, and then you read the ingredients and you notice that actually yeah. only one thing on the whole thing is actually organic, and mm. it was probably the sugar or something. Yes, and it's a picture of a leaf on the front, so you organic, think, oh, it just. It no. just had one ingredient that was organic. Well, our social group yes. referred to us as the tree huggers, uh, Maeve and I. Oh, and, and it was the kind of thing you 
go out and there'd still be a stain on your shirt, and they'd look at it and go, "Oh, that was an eco wash." Because <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah, well, it's a bit. It's a badge of honour these days, I think, to be a tree hugger. It wasn't back in the day, but we <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an out and proud tree hugger. And <laughs> well, we can, that's all we can hug at the moment, so long as it's a COVID-free tree. Oh, this is true. Yeah, this is very, very true. So put a mask on the tree and give it Every, a hug. So everyone what, should be tree huggers at the moment. <laughs> you may not in the presently be on board, but I know that you are so well connected in the industry and are not that far apart of um, right now of where you see the industry is um, where you would like to see the industry go to in an environmental perspective from mm-hmm. environmental yeah. perspective yeah I, I mean I think it's come like I said so far in such a short space of time like you said even when I began it was there's nowhere near what it is now we're in a, we're in a great place and I think a huge contributor to that is around the social media and the connection um, that everyone has and, and the ways they can share everything with one another. And I think, yeah, we're in such a good place and I think there's a lot of the mindset's changed, which is huge. That's a huge catalyst, I think. And there's a lot of, probably a lot more talk at the moment. You know, there's, there's um, shipyards making pledges to support environmental causes, making pledges to reduce um, to, um, greenhouse emissions, the CO2 emissions. So, of course, it would be really good to be able to see a lot of these things come into play a little bit more. I think um, there's, there's steps being made and changes being made, but, yeah, probably a few more big steps from the big guys, um, which would be great, and, and coming from above. I think a lot of crew are aware now, and we're doing our little bit um, in our everyday practices, but would be really good to see a little bit more from the governing aspect as well coming through. Because there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of boats being created now. We're looking at the electric and the hybrid electric and the you know the solar power and that sort of thing, which is which is great. And I think we'll we will see that help happen a lot more. And I hope that does. And uh, also, I think yeah, around a lot of the laws would be great too. Um, so like something a, there are Mar- IMO and the MCA and the, the, those guys. Yeah, yeah. There's MARPOL regulations around, of course, t- chemical releases and. Um, and 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 CO, you know emissions. There are a lot a lot of that coming through, which has been around for a long time, but they haven't quite. It's come from commercial shipping, and they haven't quite specified a lot of it. So it would be. I was just kind of think, talking about it recently around even the chemical waste, and like you say, um, you know they're, they're focusing on, which they always have, of course, the the, the obvious targets: the oil, the petrol. That sort of thing being released in the ocean. The nitrous, yes, that's always been an obvious target for a long time. But now I think it's kind of bringing it down to even looking at what body washes we're using on board, what the crew are using on board, the guests are using on board, what, what, like you said, laundry products, laundry products, cleaning products, everything is directly flushed into the ocean. And I suppose you could say the the exact same for on land, and it does eventually end up there as well. Um, but looking at these little that's these the little toxins, stuff. sorry, is that the the grey water tanks? They go into the the grey water, yeah, yeah, the grey water because we're not really filtering out, and I suppose a lot of these chemicals haven't really been brought to the stage as being harmful. You know, we're only just starting to notice. Okay, this this product and this fabric softener is actually really bad for my lung health or my my um, brain development. 
and obviously sunscreens has been a one that's kind of been cottoned onto already. Direct effect the the coral reefs is that the oxybenzone yes. and the mm-hmm. yeah the oxetane. I can't remember the name of the one, but you know Hawaii has actually banned these two sunscreen ingredients from being sold over the counter because they've done the research and we know that it directly affects the the coral reef and the bleaching of the coral reef. So, yeah, I mean, imagine, wouldn't it be great if there were laws, okay, you're coming on board even as a guest, and I know it would be hard to implement, but sorry, you can't bring these sunscreens on board. We have sunscreens that we can provide for you that are friendly to the the ocean, but we, 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 we actually, by law, can't allow these sunscreens to come on board, or we, by law, we can't have this generic laundry and which soap or powder that's actually going to flush. Which of the crew members would you suggest goes through their bags and pulls out this stuff? <laughs> Definitely, it probably has to be the first officer or at least the captain. <laughs> the new guy. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I know, and these things are hard with, with no, somebody, but I think... It, it's like anything, yeah. though. It, it it it's like safety belts and cigarettes you know it, it's mainstream but once you can turn the corner of the general perception and have people switch over then shaming it, it's, it's not it's not the same thing it's you know it it's the norm you know yeah exactly my kids about safety belts i'm like oh yeah i remember we never had safety belts growing up it was only for long no and then we trying to shove them down in the seat but then then they became the norm then you know my kids have never been in a car without a safety belt on because they wouldn't consider it was the norm and you find people that don't you think that they yes yes when you see somebody like if I see somebody now walking down the road with a small bottle of plastic water, yes, um, yes, it's kind of like, what are you doing? Are you, are you, yes, are you yes, drinking like that little bottle, and then you go throw that away, and it, it becomes yes. a shame thing to actually. Oh, I, I might have this at home by myself, so nobody sees me having it. And and it's no, it is. Well, I'll empty my bottle into a reusable one. <laughs> yeah, put, put something over yeah. it, like a some, some yes. wooden thing, so people don't see it's bad. Well, it's the same with bicycle helmets. Uh, initially, when they yes. Came, you look like an idiot having one. But now, mm-hmm, kids mm-hmm. would see somebody on a bicycle and you don't have a helmet on? Are you an idiot? Yeah. You know, you Smoking's want- another one. Smoking. Smoking used to be quite cool. And now it's like, what are you doing? You know, it kills you. You know, you're almost embarrassed. <laughs> I'm glad I'm still smoking. People are. That to me. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. It's not until it gets to that. And I'm not talking about public shaming other people. But that when you're that doing feeling. it, you actually feel bad mm-hmm. yourself. And I, I think exactly. that, that's where we need to get with these things. And I, I think we are. I mean, like, the, yeah. exactly. Like, even like plastic straws, if somebody, if a cafe brings a plastic straw out now, you're like, what are you doing? Especially ones that are right on the the water side. You know, they're talking about their beautiful view out to the ocean. And then they bring you a cocktail with six straws. You think, what is, you know, what in backwards world is this? My lips <laughs> and you think, work. you know, it's, it's changing exactly and uh, an example would be you know I'm sure the first person to tell a guest to take their shoes off before coming inside would have been absolutely ridiculed but um, now that's the norm they're doing that so I think maybe yeah just just pointing out to them that we provide products for them and that maybe some of them can't come on board would not be yeah it's not too far in the distant future maybe well and, there, um, there's yeah, also the a lot of 
to a running of a boat. I'm obviously, you know, busy charter boats. They're going to have guests on mm-hmm. and there's that provision. But in the 24-7, 365 running of a boat, there's a tremendous amount of products that need to be used that keep it going. And, and yeah. this isn't even just looking at design and engine rooms and, you know, how we can use fuel better. But this is just keeping up, even on a big boat, if you consider how many crew mm-hmm. are on a big super yacht and how much shampoo and laundry detergent and recycling. Exactly. <laughs> you know, living with a a house full of people that I am constantly reminding of mm-hmm. needs to be rinsed and recycled. This is not recyclable. We yes. cannot put this in this bag. But, you know, yes. Yes. running of a boat with crew on board, there's a tremendous mm-hmm. amount you can do externally to the actual guests who, you know, if you're if it's great, then they may be amenable to the changes put in place. Um, but if they're not, there's still a lot that goes on on the average super yacht that can be done even without oh, exactly. time. Because we, we do live in exactly. a time it's of a huge... reinforcement. So it's well done for yes. putting it in the bin, but that's not the right bin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's this, you know, everything is My on a grand team. scale. <laughs> <laughs> everything is on a grand scale as well. So we really have to think, you know, there is a lot of laundry detergent going down that drain. There's a lot of chemical, you know, floor wash, anything we're using is going straight directly into the drain yeah so there's there's things that yeah they do need to change but also it's just becoming second nature like you said there's a lot of systems that are slowly coming into place and of course any changes is sometimes it's it's frowned upon um especially in industries where there's a lot of traditions and and kind of regulations and, and systems people seem to follow but I think it is changing so I think in the future there will be a lot more ease and efficiency with with these sort of things being considered like recycling um, and, and the changing of products. And I think these days there's such large, some beautiful products out there that, that are able to meet the demands of yachts as well with, with large orders. Um, so that's going to make a huge difference. And, yeah, I think I think it's heading in a good direction. So it's just putting these things into place. And, and I think the, the mindset's changed, the culture's changing, and now it's just actually putting these systems in and, and sticking with them. Would you say on board the change is coming from the bottom up or do you think the change needs to come from the top down? You know, is it is it the Stu and the captain that go, you know what, let's let's make this boat more ecological or mm-hmm. do you think it it often comes from this younger generation who have grown up in the world that they've been recycling and been more ecological that kind of go you know what why are we doing this way because you know where i grew up be it you know Mm -hmm. mark or new zealand or wherever they are never would have considered i mean where do you think the kind of push and the power is of moving the industry or is it both both directions yeah i think it's both and it depends on which area you're trying to tackle so I've always been an advocate for the power of crew you know we, we are the majority there's, there's so many of us in the industry and we do have the power to kind of create these changes a lot of these you know the chief stews and the captains are the ones making these purchases of these new products um, 
the chief stew has a, a lot of the time the power to go out and provision or make these orders. You know, a lot of the time these quite powerful purchases, which are kind of can be voting in the right direction, I do come from the, the so-called little people, the, the crew working on board. So I think it's really important to to understand that, you know, each and every one of us has that power to kind of make a change. Um, but then also from above as well, it comes around from the design of the boat, um, its fuel efficiency, uh, the way it's been manufactured, of course, the owners. You know, if the owners want, want a boat to be made a certain way or, or like a certain type of plastic drink, drink bottles shipped in from the other side of the world, then, you know, it, some of these things can, can only come from them. So I think it's meeting in the middle from all angles, really. Um, and I, like you say, with the, the generations changing, I think it's changing a lot with yacht owners uh, and, and people chartering the boats coming on as well. I think back in the day, majority of it came from people that could hire or afford these yachts came from maybe the old old money or, or, or more traditional backgrounds a lot of the time. Um, not always, I'm not, um, but these days you're finding that we're getting a lot more coming through that have grown up in the era and they're younger, they're growing up in the era where yeah, sustainability is, is second nature and I think they're demanding these sort of things as well. They're looking to charter boats that are sustainable or, or have, you know, zero emissions or, or these sort of things. It, it's becoming a lot more popular and, and sought after. Um, so I think, yeah, and, and well, that's what has changed the industry a lot too is meeting that demand, you know, wanting to be that yacht that gets chosen above the rest. It, it's one of my kind of hopes for the industry is, you know, I've had an, a number of different chats with Water Revolution Foundation, you know, which is kind of a mm. a body which is backed by a number of big shipbuilders. But it's very much looking at changing it to being a green star economy, you know, so the idea of Yeti, which is like your basically like your electricity you know you look at your ball mm-hmm. you know that it's going to be efficient from a to e and if it's lower down the level yes but there is a a pride there is a value put on your boat being more ecological and, and also for a lot of these owners there is the fact that, that they are ocean loving they they are as aware of what's happening in the oceans as every mm-hmm. other person who has watched the documentaries or the David Attenboroughs or the whatever. Um, that yes. I really hope that that kind of pushes the next stage of innovation. And, you know, deep down, I, I, I would love to see the yacht and the yachting industry leading the way, showing the new innovations that have the trickle-down effect to changing the yes. industry or the boating industry or showing better ways of doing what we're doing already because it is the dispensable um, capital to be able to invest in new projects and and you know change it around you're right we're in a position where we can a lot of the time make these larger purchases that would make a huge difference so to lead by example with that is, is so important and because we are so widespread as well around the world um, you know we, we're, we're influencing small communities remote communities remote countries we're bringing a lot of awareness and in, in the way in which we you know spread around and people are always looking to us as well it's hard not to miss us so yeah. I think yeah if we can be leading in that way that that would be so 
so important. And I think COVID like you too, say, as we want to explore, the, oh, you know, yes. the completely socially um, isolated places in the world. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. That's going to be the places people are going to want to go. And you're right with the having that badge of honour or that if there was, you know, well, I suppose they're coming up with it more now, the awards for, for yachts being or having that, yeah, having those five-star ratings around environmental um, consciousness would be really year. good. Yeah, be nice. Yes. Some sort of sticker you put on the ass of the boat and go, you know, we, 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 got, we rate five out of six for eco-greenness. Greenness. <laughs> Yes, yes, that would be great. Paint that the would boat. Be so great. Paint the boat's different shades of green. Green. Depending on where they stand. <laughs> we end up with a green feet. <laughs> not I'd a, love a that. Feet. I like I'm that. Not sure if yes. that will a leaf on the God. side or something, <laughs> like they do with the electric cars. I seem to always have a blue emblem on the front now. So, yeah. Well, so see, if it was, now, there's, there's a group of yeah. people on Reddit that are about to buy loads of shares in green paint. <laughs> uh, oh, yes, yes, they're all going for it. Yeah. All the viewers, all the listeners. And I think another really good, important thing would be, and I see that it's starting to um, pop out around the place now, is certifications around crew actually having an environmental awareness certification, they certificate that they need to have before they're able to join a boat. So if that was mandatory, I think that would be huge. So, you know, we, we've all had to sit down and do the security Training or the first day, FTCW, yeah, the food, the food hygiene. One of you know, don't wipe the beach down with a raw chicken, um, that sort of thing. But also for <laughs> you have to do the course. <laughs> well, I was skin of the raw chicken to just wipe it down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it seems to be working for you. <laughs> but yeah, exact something like that for environmental awareness, or at least that you know that that crew member has some understanding around it when they join. And I think that would make the battle a lot easier as well. They they would see, oh, yeah, you know, we do, you know, what we use is directly flushed into the ocean. And, and, you know, having these extra plastic bottles is actually going to create this sort of harm to the environment. And I mean, David Edinburgh could run the, um, <coughs> excuse me, run the, run the courses. Sounds like <laughs> you could as well, Lauren. Oh, yes, I have considered this avenue a little bit yes um and i see that there's a there are a lot more of these things popping up so yeah that would be that would be great yes if anyone is running courses by all Watch means space, I think. <laughs> well, yes well, i don't know if i really want to go down to the rabbit hole of setting them all up but i'd, I'd do i'd teach them <laughs> um i know you did not you were not in barcelona in november but um, did you get to have a bit of a party or a bit of a, I mean, because social media, and I will hand on heart attest to this, it doesn't look like it takes that much time. But, oh, my God, it takes a lot of time to build oh, up yes. a social media following, to put out relevant and interesting posts. Um, it, it's a lot of work behind it. And you really had your, your heart and your mind in it. I, I only voted for a couple of people. I was really happy that everyone I voted for won. And I Aww, pretty much got to the do- magic vote. I know. Oh, please. Feeling like the magic Thank you. But um, <laughs> was it a bit of a tickle? Because it's also this lovely recognition from your peers. You know, it's it's really the only awards in our industry yeah. that recognizes. And bless A-Crew, they, they have a lot of different 
it, it's not just about being the super stew, but they've now really opened it up mm. to a number of different things. And this definitely is your calling. Um, did you get to kind of, although you probably would have been having a, a morning. Did you revel buffet. in your win is what she's asking. Yeah. Did you revel? Yeah. Well, tickle? funnily enough, the more it was, yeah, it's been amazing that they're recognizing these sort of things and, and even to be recognizing environmental awareness is, is huge. And yeah, no, I did have a bit of a celebration. I actually rolled out, I think the awards were on Barcelona time around maybe 8 p.m., so 7 a.m. here in New Zealand. <laughs> and uh, I, I, ro- I was at my, staying at my grandparents, my parents were there, I think it might have been my. We had my niece's birthday or something, so we were all together, which was great. And I rolled out of bed and kind of went into mum and dad's room half asleep and said, "Oh, this, this award thing's on. I better we better watch it." You know, of course. Did you um, know? Had the timer set. Did you? No, she knew she was a nominee. No, like there were a couple. No, no, I didn't know. Well, of course, you had a. Funnily enough, I laughed. You were probably the only person in the industry that, once they heard they won those, could actually get a hug off somebody. <laughs> Well, exactly. I know I had people to celebrate with. (laughs) I know I could hug, I could cheer, I could high-five people. Without without gloves. (laughs) Yeah, we all had a cup of tea and we're all in our pyjamas still, which was quite funny. We partied a little bit later on, but um, yeah, rolled out of bed and then kind of watched it and oh, wow. And yeah, we went a bit wild with it, but... I must say, um, that did you have two tea I bags had to or laugh. Bag or you like? Um, it was green tea, of course. Uh, of course. <laughs> Loose leaf because it's better for the environment. Less From a fair price, <laughs> <fair> price producer. <laughs> yes, ethical and all that. Um, but yes, I had to laugh at the acceptance video too because you had to preemptively do an acceptance video even though you hadn't won. Oh. Obviously, so they had it ready to. Yeah, <laughs> that was. That'd be it depressing if you did oh, one and the you best didn't actor. Win it. like, what a waste. <laughs> I know, I know. That was probably the most challenging of the whole thing was actually this pre, pre-acceptance video when you didn't know you'd won. Um, so it did take me quite a few takes to do and I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a, an award-winning actress. So um, that was, oh, that was funny. So that was all. If anyone wants the proof of this, goes to YouTube. Yachting's Got Talent. <laughs> Best video up there. This is, is true. Lawrence. This is true. <laughs> I, I must tell you, it's been. <laughs> oh God, I must say it's been a great uh, party trick. Um, going to people and, and sitting around having a few drinks, and you know you're you're going through you're you're playing music videos or you're watching television and I'm like, oh, you know, I've actually got a YouTube video of me. I'm singing in in a YouTube, I've got a YouTube video. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, you don't. I'm like, no, I do, I do. Just go into the Green Stew does Hotel Hotel California. And it's always very entertaining to watch the progression of them thinking that I'm serious about the singing at first. And then (laughs) they're like, oh, wow. And, you know. Yeah, I forgot to add, you know, if you if you like what you see, please rate and share and comment below or whatever you do. Yeah, I didn't add it at the end, up. which you should have. <laughs> give us a thumbs up and follow me or whatever you do. <laughs> subscribe, let that subscribe. So, yeah, I think I've got about 70 views now, probably all mum and dad. <laughs> oh, but no, it was fun. So thank you for doing that. That was that was such a, a little bit of enjoyment the, the lockdown. Joy. I, you know, it, it's one of those many good videos. 
kind of the, on the back pot because I, I feel there's so much more talent to, um, to boil up. But um, life is busy and uh, I haven't yeah. pushed it out again. But it truly helped us in Mallorca get through um, because just such lovely contact. And, and I think that for us was one of the big gifts of 2020, you know, because we hear of all the challenges and the negatives and God, it can be depressing if you say the word COVID. But actually, I mm-hmm. got to connect with the most beautiful people around the world last year that I never would have in the same way had it not been for all the different projects we had. And and even on a personal level, you know, it was a time to stop and go, God, I haven't talked to them in five years. (laughs) Let's see if they were still on WhatsApp. And I think that's a big lesson. You know, I I got sent recently a, a Snoopy video, you know, one of these little uh, WhatsApp videos of can you think of the top five people that have won a Nobel Prize or an Oscar or and, you know, answer these five questions. Now, can you think of the top five Mm -hmm. people who have influenced your life or who have on a regular basis supported you through life or and the whole point of Snoopy and was to um, reiterate the importance mm. of human connection. And I think that has been, yes. for many of us, the big lesson of 2020, the importance of human connection. Yes. A lot of things fade. Yes, definitely. And that connection don't. I think you're right. You're right. Enjoy lockdown. Yes. You're happy with the introvert. No. Talk to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. No. I think so much has come out of it. There have been a lot of positives um, that we've learned. And and you're right. The the power of human connection and and how important it is. And I think that's becoming apparent now more than ever. So I think think that's great. And that's that's so wonderful to kind of reflect as well giving us time to reflect too on these sort of things yeah. looking back on what you've done or you know people are making changes and where they want to head and I think it's, it's given us a bit of a reset and on many levels and I think that's that's been very profound yeah indeed. Well, I should try it <laughs> Lauren pleasure <laughs> as always to talk with you uh, and many congratulations for an award well won and recognized and I look forward thank to you again with you soon because definitely you are one of my perks in, in both ecology and just giving me a smile on my face yeah i think when COVID's over here we'll be Aww. contacting you asking you for a, a brush up on you know how you approach somebody for a hug and you know, uh, yeah yes. when do you raise your arms do you go for a shoulder hug or wait you know, yeah. what we have to learn from uh, new zealand to reskill. Yep, definitely. Right. Definitely. And how to, uh, definitely, we, we can teach you that. We can, how to watch rugby again and what, how uh, the game actually goes and, you know, what to do when you're sitting in a grandstand. Many things. Sitting in a <laughs> Many grandstand. Things. You can do those things. Six Nations Rugby starts again uh, this Saturday. To oh, yes, I think it does. And canned, yeah, so we'll be enjoy it. So. I certainly will. Yes, uh, yes. Oh, no, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. It has. And, and thank you. You guys are, thank you for what you do as well, bringing a bit of joy and laughter and 
humanity into to all of this. So yeah, well, and keeping you. the yachting community connected as well. I hope we can count on your vote for the A Crew Radio Awards next year. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, definitely. Awards. I hope Odo is listening. Yes, they should. <laughs> no, it would definitely be top of my books for sure. And I'll be waiting for these um, visa applications in the mail as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be our applications to come down to you. <laughs> Lauren, exactly. exactly. great chatting with you. I won't need to say stay safe because you're in a safe place. So, but yes, you, well. I'll say it to you guys, of course. Passing it stay on. well, stay sane, stay safe. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank we you. have been chatting with Lauren Ryburn, who is the uh, ACRU Award winner for the Environmental Award in 2020, and also is known to many of you on Instagram as the Green Stew, and has been a silver lining in Super Yacht Radio's chatting over the past year. This is Super Yacht Radio.